Welcome to the Puzzle is Real podcast, where we will be discussing faith, family, and relationships. Hosted by Matt and Melissa Pisani. This is the Puzzle is Real podcast. When you know, you know. All right, welcome back to the Puzzle is Real podcast. It has been a little while. (laughs) You know, life just happens, guys, and you're like, man, we got to do a podcast. So here we are. Welcome back to the puzzle is welcome, real welcome welcome where um, are we we're uh in september and the last episode we did was the one that was a relationship episode mm-hmm. and today i would like to say that today is a faith family and relationship episode it yes. has a connection to all three and it's a really important topic to us we haven't been able to talk about this yet in any of the episodes so i think it's the most important episode that we have to talk about since probably our first episode. Yeah, I mean, it's a very controversial topic um, to some, but as a Christian, as a believer, it's just, it's like, how can you not deny the fact that um, what people are trying to do in our world and in our country is just pure evil? And that topic that we're going to cover today is abortion and why we stand as pro-life. So for some of you that are out there that are maybe on the fence or think it's my body, my choice or whatever you want to believe, um, there's a lot of scriptures that we have and we even have an abortion doctor who now is a convert um, that shares his testimony of what an abortion actually looks like. And because people don't think about that, you're like, oh, I just, you know, get rid of the clump of cells. And for me, I've been pregnant, you know, several times we have two children and I have seen the sonograms at six weeks, at eight weeks, at 12 weeks. And that is a baby there is no mistake about it you see the little heart pumping you see them moving around it is the most amazing and beautiful thing and for some of you that may think oh i don't have the finances or i don't have the resources or me and so and so are not together there are so many resources out there to help you and pro-life organizations that will help you get sonograms and doctor's appointments and even diapers after the baby is born or set you up with an adoption um, agency. There's so many things um, that can help you go through that. But this is just heavy on our hearts. And we know that um, we're not trying to be divisive. We're not trying to draw attention to things that are not of God. This is why we are talking about this, because this is of God, because he created you. Each and every person who was born, he created mindfully, knowing that this is who I want to create at this moment in time. Yeah, and there's also something I wanted to connect with this too, is that the idea that if you are a Christian, if you're a follower of Jesus Christ, if you're a believer, I mean, this is one of the most important episodes for you to encourage those around you, that being pro-life, fighting for the pre-born is a like absolute there's no like wiggle room to be like oh well i don't know i mean we we want to really just firmly say that not only are we pro-life but we want to continue to fight for the pre-born praying for those that are even pregnant right now those that are having issues or question marks about what they should do so just like this is a um this is an eternal choice it's an eternal choice for us to be pro-life to be fighting for the pre-born and we want to support that numerous ways in a quick amount of time because we know that the listening uh, attention span is tough for us, all of us. So here we go. Check yeah. out this this snippet of this doctor sharing. This is... All right, here we go. Medical college and Dr. 
Thank you, Chairman and members of the committee. Um, I only have five minutes, so I'm going to get right to it. Second trimester D&E abortions perform between roughly 14 and 24 weeks of gestation. Your patient today is 17 years old. She's 22 weeks pregnant. Her baby is the length of your hand plus a couple of inches. And she's been feeling her baby kick for the last several weeks. But she's asleep on an operating room table. You walk into that operating room scrubbed and gowned, and after removing laminaria, you introduce a suction catheter into the uterus. This is a 14 French suction catheter. If she were 12 weeks pregnant or less, basically the width of your hand or smaller, you could basically do the entire procedure with this. But babies this big don't fit through catheters this size. After suctioning the amniotic fluid out from around the baby, you introduce an instrument called the sofa clamp. It's about 13 inches long. It's made of stainless steel. The business end of this clamp is about two and a half inches long and a half inch wide. There are rows of sharp teeth. This is a grasping instrument. When it gets a hold of something, it does not let go. A DNA procedure is a blind abortion. So picture yourself introducing this and grabbing anything you can blindly and pull, and I do mean hard, and out pops a leg about that big, which you put down on the table next to you. Reach in again, pull again, pull out an arm about the same length, which you put down on the table next to you. And use this instrument again and again to tear out the spine, the intestines, the heart and lungs. Head in the baby that size is about the size of a large plum. Can't see it, but you pretty good idea you've got it if you've got your instrument around something and your fingers are spread about as far as they go. You know you did it right if you crush down on the instrument and white material runs out of the cervix. That was the baby's brains. Then you could pull out skull pieces. And you have a day like I had a lot of times, sometimes a little face comes back and stares back at you. Congratulations, you just successfully performed a second trimester DNA abortion. You just affirmed her right to choose. Why did you end your practice of doing abortions? I did over 1,200 abortions over a four-year period in private practice, not counting the ones that I did during my training. Um, I met my wife at, um, during my first year of training at Albany Medical Center. We got married about a year later and found that we had an infertility problem. After years of failed infertility treatment and several years trying to adopt a child, we were blessed with a, adopting a, a little girl that we named Heather in August of 1978. Um, as sometimes happens in those situations, my wife got pregnant the very next month, and we had two children ten months apart. Um, Two months short of my daughter Heather's sixth birthday, she was killed in an auto accident and literally died in her arms in the back of an ambulance. Anyone who has children might think they have some idea of what that feels like, but unless you've been through it yourself, you have no idea whatsoever. Um, I know people find it hard to believe, but uh, what do you do after disaster? You bury your child and then you go back to your life. And I don't remember exactly how long it was after my daughter died that I showed up at Albany Medical Center OR number 9 to perform my first second trimester d &E abortion. I wasn't thinking of it as anything special. This was routine to me. Um, but I reached in, literally pulled out an arm or leg, and got sick. You know, earlier on I described stacking up body parts on the side of the table. It's not to, you know, gross people out, to use a simple term. When you do an, an abortion, you need to keep inventory. You have to make sure you get two arms and two legs and all the pieces. If you don't, your patient's going to come back infected, bleeding, or dead. Um, so I soldiered on and finished that abortion. And I know it sounds, as I said, hard for people to believe, but I'm, I'm telling you straight up my experience. 
You know, after over 1,200 abortions, first and second trimester up to 24 weeks and all the rest of it, and being very dedicated to it, for the first time in my life, I really looked. I really looked at that pile of body parts on the side of the table. And I didn't see her wonderful right to choose, and I didn't see all the money I just made. All I could see was somebody's son or daughter. And I stopped doing late-term abortions after that, and several months later stopped doing all abortions. Wow. So that's just an excerpt of this doctor who stated that literally he did over 1,200 abortion procedures and um, had, a, had a turning point and a, and a shift in his whole lifestyle, it sounds like. Yeah, and he called it a child. You guys, this is a child we're talking about. It's not this feminist movement that has hijacked a woman's choice and a woman's body. Like the feminist movement that's happening now is not feminist. It's not pro-women at all. If you look at it, these are just angry women upset about whatever. And we are coming from a place of love and compassion and knowing that God has created all life and that there are no mistakes, and that even for, I don't know if I mentioned this before, for all abortions performed, less than 1% are because of a rape or incest or something like that. So if anyone has that argument, that is literally less than 1% of all abortions that were performed. And I think the last number that came out was from like 2018, and over almost a million abortions were performed. That's a million little children. And think about how many people out there, and some of you, that I know personally are still going through infertility issues and different things. What about those children that could have been adopted by someone and love that child more than anything and being so thankful that they had that child to love because they couldn't have one of their own. It's just such a, it's a deep thing for me. And as a woman, I just know what it is to be pregnant and to see that child in all stages. And it's the most miraculous. It's truly a miracle. It's the most miraculous and amazing thing. And you become a mother the second you find out that you that you're pregnant. I really felt that I felt that I felt different. I felt like there was something inside of me. It was, it was just the most amazing experience. And going back to scripture in Psalm 139, 13 through 16, it clearly states, it says you were formed. Or it says, for you formed my inward parts. You knitted me together in my mother's womb. I praise you for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Wonderful are your works. My soul, it, my soul knows it is very well. My frame was not hidden from you. When I was being made in secret, intricately woven in the depths of the earth, your eyes saw my unformed substance. In your book were written, every one of them, the days that were formed for me, when as yet there was none of them. So it just, it's so clear, you guys. Yeah, and I just want to even kind of rewind to what you said about the, the rape statistic. Because mm-hmm. also, I also see this a lot when you talk about infertility. It's real hard for people to get pregnant yes. in a lot of scenarios. So again, those statistics of, well, what if somebody was taken advantage of? And, mm-hmm. and we're not trying to minimize that, but there are so many resources for that small percentage of people to provide care and also support. And there's resources for people to allow their child to be given up for adoption. And and there's even an opportunity for you to have a breakthrough and say, you know what, maybe God's going to do a healing through this whole tragic situation that you're going to be able to mother that child. Right. And just, you know, as a woman, you know, biologically, you can only get pregnant between one and five days of the whole month. 
So you only have five days to get pregnant in the whole month. So if something happens to happen during those five days and that person gets pregnant, that is obviously on purpose something because that child was supposed to be born because it also states in God's word that he turns everything to good, all things to good. Yeah, and I just want to, again, hit a couple more biblical truths. Genesis one twenty seven. so God created man in his own image, in the image of God he created him, male and female he created them. Job 33, 4, the spirit of God has made me and the breath of the Almighty gives me life. Psalm 119, 73, your hands made me and for me. So we have so many truths and promises from the Father, from God, mm -hmm. our Father, that he created us, he predestined us, right, into sonship and in, into this opportunity to, to live for him. Isaiah 64, 8 says, But now, O Lord, you are our Father. We are the clay, and you are our potter. We are all the work of your hand. And if you are using the Bible to instruct you, which most of our listeners may be doing, some may not, and you're also allowing God to govern your life, then these living words of God shall resonate and breathe life into your soul and into your mind right now, in Jesus' name, that you'll be able to walk with authority that Christ has given you, not that we've given you. We have no authority. We are followers of Jesus Christ. We are servants to the Most High, and we are also allowed as a mouthpiece, permitted at this point, to share of his goodness. He is so good, and he wants us to understand just how much he loves us and how much he truly cares for us and all the details. And his scriptures that we are reading help support and remind us of those promises. In James 1.27, pure and undefiled religion before our God and Father is this, to look after orphans and widows in their distress and to keep oneself unstained by the world. So there are even some reminders of taking action. We need to look after one another. We need to help those around us that may be having these tough decisions to make. They ultimately have to make that decision, but we can encourage them and direct them to the truth in love, not in condemnation, not in shame. We're speaking up for those who can't speak for themselves, yes. speaking up for the rights of all those who are poor. That's Proverbs 31.8. So again, we're, we're leaning on what the Bible says, what it states, but also our convictions that the Holy Spirit has given us a conviction and a burden for this specific situation that's currently going on in our world right now as Texas just passed a really important law in the state of Texas. Yeah, the heartbeat law where you cannot have an abortion after six weeks, which is so amazing, and we praise God for that because... You know, we are supposed to speak up for the vulnerable, for the ones that don't have a voice. And these little children do not have a chance, do not have a voice. And thank God there are states like Texas and the Governor Abbott there that is speaking up for the ones that can't help themselves. And we just need to see that trend continue throughout our country. We need a revival. We need just the Holy Spirit to sweep over this nation, to just take over um, just this pro-life movement and for people just to have open hearts and to really see things for what they are and not being just complicit to what they are told. And another thing is, you know, God intended for a man and woman to be married, right? He intended for a man and woman to get married. They become one flesh and then they have the child. Our society is telling you, go be free, go have sex with whoever you want. You know, you need to try out the horse before you buy it, blah, 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 all this stuff. And it's like, this is not what God intended. This is not how he wants to see society. You know, we don't want to be Sodom and Gomorrah and Obviously, right. our society is that right now because people are just all about themselves and all about feeding their fleshly desires. And it's very evil and it is not the way that God intended. And that's why there is so much division and there is so much confusion. But 
God is not the God of confusion and he knows what he knows and he has spoken it into life and that is including children. Yeah, and you know, one thing that I'd like to add to that is that, you know, there is an immoral spirit over our world, over this country, uh, a sexually immoral spirit that we have to pray against. We need to see our young people have breakthrough and, you know, a lot of them are desensitized right now with pornography and I know that's a whole different topic, but again, this is a bigger issue that we can combat through prayer, through fasting, through worshiping God, and also by hopefully directing people to some resources and maybe even conversational pieces. The one thing I was going to end with, and then we'll wrap this up here, because this is um, just a topic that we could definitely do a part two to, uh, is Unplanned, the movie Unplanned. If you've never seen it, this is through Pure Flix. Mm -hmm. Now, okay, Pure Flix, shout out to Pure Flix. I love that they exist. You might say, oh, I can't watch those Christian movies, but hey, Check this movie out. Give it a chance. Unplanned. It's an amazing story. It's a dramatic film with a story of an anti-abortion activist, Abby Johnson. Mm-hmm. And it's uh, just, yeah, it's powerful. She used to be the director of an abortion clinic, and she yes. is now pro-life. Yeah, so that so just check, goes to show you. <laughs> yeah, it's um, it'll blow your mind just to see a little snapshot of that side, too. So... Again, conversations can be started with even those that are so against this topic. They're mm-hmm. like, no, no, how could you? Oh, you're tired. No, hey, check this movie out. Hey, could we could we talk for a minute? Could we have coffee or, you know, have have a smoothie or a, a meal over talking about some heavy stuff? I don't know. Maybe you could. Maybe it's something that you have to do in person. Don't go the social media route of just haggling somebody and DMing them because that never works. Face-to-face conversations with someone that has an issue and and truly direct them to the truth and love and we're believing that God is going to do something in this nation and in this world as we continue to stand up and speak out. Yeah, and I just want to say one last thing too is like this there's no condemnation to any woman woman who is listening to this right now who may have had an abortion. Right. There's no judgment because God can heal any wrongdoing that we do, that we've done in our lives. Listen, I'm not perfect. I have a past. Matt's not perfect. He has a past. We all have different things that we've right. done that were not of God. So there is no condemna- condemnation in your choices that you previously have done and know that God can take those ashes and turn them into something beautiful. So just know that there are people who will listen and we'll talk to you through that and give you resources and also to let you know you're not alone. There's so many women out there who've had abortions who have now come to Christ and now they're living for him. And now they're ministering to women who are going through that same crisis. So just know that this is not a place of judgment here. Yeah, and we just want to end with a prayer. We just want to pray for those that are listening that might have gone through that. So God, we just thank you for this time. We just pray for those that might have been either a, um, a part of an abortion or know someone that had an abortion and, and might even feel some type of guilt or shame for being connected, whether to encourage someone to do it or someone that chose that that was the decision they need to make. We just pray against shame, guilt, and condemnation right now, that you would just cleanse them of any of those thoughts or feelings, that you would re- just renew their mind, restore their bodies, allow them to feel your love, the love of the Father, mm-hmm. Abba Father. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you that your salvation gives us freedom, gives us eternal life. So I'd even pray for those people that are listening that if they've never accepted you into their heart as Lord and Savior, that they would commit their life to you, that they'd accept you into their lives, into their heart as Lord and Savior, erasing them all their past debts, erasing all of their sins, erasing all their mistakes, just removing all that guilt and shame, cleansing them of all their sin, 
allowing them to repent and turn to you, to the cross, to declare you as Lord and Savior of their life, to rule over their life for the rest of their days till they come home to be with you. Allow them to say that to themselves, to feel your presence by making that decision, that commitment to follow you and not the ways of this world. So we just pray again for for all those that are thinking of those things. Some may have even had a relationship with you at one point and have turned from it. We just pray for the recommitment back to you. For those that say, God, I recommit my life back to you. Jesus, I surrender my life back to you. You are the only way. You are the way, the truth, and the light. And we just pray, Lord, that as they are speaking these words and they're even hearing them on this podcast, that they'd feel just your presence. They'd feel the Holy Spirit saturating them with unexplainable joy and freedom. I just see chains being broken off of those listeners that are dealing with that right now. I see people seeing the word guilt erased from their life story. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. We love you guys. Thank you for listening, and we will see you on the next episode. God bless. Hey guys, thanks so much for listening to the Puzzle is Real podcast. Please subscribe today and share with a friend. See you soon.